Good morning, and thank you for joining Small Town Big Business, the podcast about doing big business in small town America, especially in the Midwest. I'm Jennifer Olson, and I'm the Director of Business Development here in the City of Marion. And I am one of your other co-hosts today. I'm Deb Barnett, the Executive Director for Southern Illinois Now. It's a 17-county economic development organization focused on advancing Southern Illinois as a great place to live, work, and do business. And I'm Russell Williams. I'm Director of Ethos. Ethos is a small business incubator, co-working spaces, training and development center here in downtown Marion, Illinois. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a live audience here yes, on Tower Square yeah. Plaza. We're in a brand new location here. It's called the Foundation Room on the Square. It's in a 123-year-old building that's been restored by Jeff Mayer, entrepreneur here in Marion. And we are next door adjacent to Granny Puckett's Cupcake and Cafe. And we're so thankful for Jeff Mayer allowing us to use this space and also to Tammy Chandler, the owner of Granny Puckett's. We invite folks to come down and patronize Tower Square Plaza, especially Granny Puckett's. Uh, thank you to our sponsors for supporting the small town big business. Includes Arcadia Wealth Group, thank you. Black Diamond, Harley Davidson, and RV. Fowler Heating and Cooling, the Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course, Union Street Arts. And for your listening pleasure, uh, our podcast, Small Town Big Business, is available on all of your favorite apps, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we are there. We're also on Facebook, and if you want to get the video version, you can catch us on YouTube. Just make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you're new to Small Town Big Business, basically we interview business owners and founders about how and why they are thriving and successful in Southern Illinois and in other communities, small communities throughout the Midwest. And today we have a very special guest. We have Chris Harris, who is the owner of Route 51 Brewing Company and Banquet Center. Did I get that right, Chris? Yes, you did. I'm very excited to be here today. That's a mouthful. I know it is just yeah, Route 51 Brewery, right, yeah. but but yeah. Route 51 Brewing Company and Banquet Center. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's pretty well everything that we do. We, you know, we're a brewery with, uh, you know, an event center as well. So. Okay, and where is that located? Uh, we're in Elkville, Illinois, just kind of a rural area in between uh, Elkville and DeSoto, about 12 miles north of Carbondale on 51. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar with Southern Illinois, um, just north of Carbondale, you mentioned where Southern Illinois University uh -huh. is at. And then Elkville, well, we'll get into this a little bit later, I yeah. think, but Elkville um, is, is a very small community, as you mentioned. Very small, like a thousand people. Yeah. yeah, but you are thriving and people come from all over to your business. So we're going to jump into that in just a minute. But let's just go back and take a few steps back and talk a little bit about you. Tell us about Chris, uh, whatever you want us to know about, uh, maybe are you from Southern Illinois and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, do you want me to go back and just kind of from then to now or just kind of... So you were born on... No, kidding. <laughs> no, wherever you, however yeah. you want to do it. Yeah, um, I'm uh, born and raised in Ducoin, yep. so local boy, uh, moved away, uh, went to school in Orlando uh, to become a recording engineer and then uh, moved back to the area, you know, uh, 
So were you just away in Orlando for school and then came back? Pretty well. Uh, so before I moved to Orlando, you know, I, I, I graduated high school. I uh, went, did a semester at SAU, kind of wasn't my thing. Uh, so I started working at General Tire, factory, 18, 19 years old, 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, you know, and then a hobby. I had a studio. I recorded bands. You know, that was kind of uh, what I was into at the time. And, uh, you know, young, I, I, I knew that that wasn't uh, my thing. Like, that wasn't my calling. So pretty well within a week, I was researching, researching uh, different schools and maybe what's out there for me. And I found uh, a school in Orlando. Uh, I talked to a couple of my buddies, and I'm like, hey, I'm moving in a week. You want to come with me? Uh, one of those uh, individuals was um, a person uh, that's a co-founder of uh, Yellow Door Builders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, kind of changing the game and, and really doing some phenomenal work on uh, some of the, you know, the building and the real estate going on very close to here. Uh, but yeah, so all three of us, we moved down to Florida, did a couple years there, went to school. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, uh, I was, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to meet so many talented people. So, you know, people now that have two, three Grammys and in rooms with, with people that were way better than me at the time. So, you know, I'm from Southern Illinois and I'm making these records and doing this stuff. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good. And I realized when I was down there for a week, it was terrible. You know, I'm in the rooms <laughs> with the best of the best from people all over the country. And, uh, you know, it, it made me really look at, you know, my direction and what I was doing and, and really setting the bar up of, of my goals and what I wanted to do. So, you know, at, at the end of school, you know, um, I, I got uh, three or four months left of school and, you know, I'm, you know, it's a networking school. They do multimedia, they do film, uh, audio engineering, uh, you know, uh, show production, a bunch, a bunch of different things. So, you know, I'm talking to my friends. We're like, I'm going to L.A. So I'm getting ready to move out to L.A. Uh, then I get a call. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, pregnant. Uh, so I, I moved back to Southern Illinois to be a father and to try to kind of really figure out how to make, you know, what I did, you know, work in, in this small area. So I uh, moved back here, uh, you know, opened up a recording studio. I renovated, a, again, like a 100-year-old building. Um, my, my dad, my family, everybody was hard workers. I came from a, a construction background uh, my whole life. You know, I'd help out my dad or, or whatever it was, roofing a house or anything. So we, we remodeled, uh, you know, an old building. I, I started a studio there. Uh, we all lived there, you know, and, uh, you know, two or three years later after doing the studio work, you know, I would do freelance work. I'd travel all over the country and do session work, and people would send me sessions. And then, you know, it wasn't quite a- enough, you know, it wasn't really conducive to a family either. A lot of my studio sessions would be two, three o'clock in the morning, and, you know, how do you drop your son off to daycare, and you know, and all this stuff. So, you know, then I ventured out and, um, you know, o- opened up a live sound venue, or live sound uh, company. Uh, so, you know, I, I had the studio thing and then I would do festivals. You know, I worked with the SBDC, you know, uh, I would show up and do lavaliers and mics and, you know, a lot of that different work. And then, uh, again, wasn't quite everything that I wanted. And then I started, you know, doing construction. So from the construct- construction, you know, background, I, I fabricated granite, kitchen cabinets, 
left that job, went and uh, you know was a, a did a drywall for two years and framed houses and you know pretty well everything on the residential side I've I've done been a part of probably building the uh, you know almost 200 houses. Uh, so I left there at that job. An opportunity came to uh, join uh, the laborers union. So I was one of I don't know probably 2,000 people that helped the overpass you know mm. over here in Marion. So I I worked on that that project. Again, labor, and it was great, it was good money. And then at the time, I'm like, you know, again, it, I don't think this is really my thing, you know. Which I'm has to have been hard, because as you said, it's it's good money, safe, secure, yeah. all of those things. I think a lot of it goes into, you know, instant gratification of like a, something that's rewarding. You know, mm -hmm. you, you build a house, you do these things, you remodel a house, It's somebody's gonna use that bathroom, somebody's gonna use that living room. It's, you, you know, you, you have that connection. Um, usually when you do a road, it's like they're just mad at you because you got it closed. <laughs> so, you know, so I think some of those things weren't quite uh, fulfilled with me, you know. So, again, I, I left that job and I just started doing my own construction uh, thing. So, at the time, you know, I was doing random jobs and uh, I was doing a... Um, you know, some work for a local brewery, and uh, they hired me to, you know, do some electrical work, to put it like some three phase in their kitchen, and do a couple things with their stage and the brewery. So, you know, it, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, doing the work, and I'm, I'm looking around. At the time, I'm, a, a hobby is, you know, I, I homebrew, I cook, I do all these things. So I'm in here, and I'm like, man, this is, this is kind of cool, you know? So it's just like, I see that, and, and it's in my head, it's like, maybe, maybe this is like, Maybe this is your thing, you know? So, um, so it's in my head. I continue working, finish that job, and I'm driving back and forth to Carbondale, and I keep seeing this big abandoned building that used to be Purcell's carpet. It, you know, it's huge. It's, you know, 17, 18,000 square feet. It's all 51, and it sat vacant for almost eight or nine years. And I mean, it had trees growing into it. Uh, it's just a big vacant building. So at the time, it's Maybe my dream, maybe an idea, I don't really know, but I'm, I'm driving by. by it every single day. Every, every day. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> thinking of how that could work. So, um, you know, I'm thinking in my head, if I can get this building uh, for a certain price, um, you know, I can probably make something happen with everything I've ever did with, uh, you know, with my, you know, my dad, you know, he would, uh, my whole life, we had a big family, all locals, so he would smoke all the meat and do all these things for the, all these big events. So I, I really had a love for barbecue early too and, uh, you know, events and with, uh, you know, all the music thing, we, we would do events of a thousand people. So I was used to, you know, being a part of, of big events. and. Uh, you know, so, so it was just all those things. I think maybe everything that I've did my whole life, I might be able to use my knowledge and my skill set to build this into something. And again, uh, being naive and, and kind of dumb at the time, you know, you always think things are going to be a little easier than, than what they are. So, you know, I, I, I'm working on business plans. I'm working on all these things. And I, I don't know what it, it takes to run a commercial brewery. I don't know what it takes to run a commercial kitchen. You know, I, I don't know none of these skills. I just know that maybe I want to do this. Yeah. So, um, and when was this? This would have been, at that time, like 2015. 
Okay. 2015. And, uh, you know, long story short, like, we closed the building and we start construction. Uh, I was the general contractor on the, the whole job. Uh, you know, I didn't have a huge crew. There was like two or three of us, me and a couple investors. And, um, you know, I had a crew of three or four people. I was the general contractor and, you know, everything from designing the glycol loops to the brewery to the flow of the kitchen, uh, any wall, drywall, anything in the place. Um, you know, me and one of my uh, co-workers at the time that I worked with uh, doing construction, I, me and him hung and finished 600 sheets of drywall in the place, you know, the two of us. So, I mean, I, I worked from 7 in the morning till 10, 11 o'clock at night uh, before that, you know, I mean, the whole time during construction. And before that, you know, I would draw floor plans and just like when I went to Full Sail and I, and I got with these musicians, I would draw something on paper and then I would go to you know, Sierra Nevada, uh, you know, or I'd go to Asheville and I'd come home and I'd be like, your ideas are terrible. Like, it, it, it ain't good enough, you know? So uh, it really pushed me to, to really try to push the limits and, and build something that you would see in a city in a small town and, and, and bring that sense of a real brewery uh, to our area is my goal. So talk about your, your business, Route 51. Uh, what's, what does it look like? What's the experience? What, if I walked in there, what would I see? Yeah, so uh, at uh, 51, you know, uh, we do, we're, we're like a full restaurant, we're a live sound venue, and then uh, we're a full brewery that, you know, we have 23, 24 beers on tap at all time that we make everything in-house. We make all of our own sodas, uh, we make all of our own barbecue, uh, everything, and I mean, we, we do all that with a staff of 10 to 12 people. Then on the other side, we have a banquet facility that we do um, a lot of weddings. Uh, we do a lot of fundraisers, um, you know, um, just all kinds of it. Birthdays, uh, bridal showers, a bunch of stuff. Our, our event centers, uh, 300 person capacity. And then our brewery, you know, is roughly 300 person capacity. So a lot of these, because I'm in a rural area, my limited hours, uh, we have to do a lot of big events and make a lot of revenue in just a little bit of time. So it, it takes, you know, a, a big music act or a wedding or, or things like that. Uh, we're only open 25, 26 hours a week, so that's kind of a little bit of a challenge uh, where, where I'm from. But we do all those things, you know, at the brewery, um, you know, events, and we're family-friendly. You know, we make our own sodas, like I said. So it, it, you know, we're not open late. It, it's like a lot of people. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people here in Marion, and, you know, and probably 90% of the people I talk to has never been to our place. Yeah. I've been open for six years. So, you know, it's a challenge. You know, how and it's do not I... that far away. No. Like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Guess, and, yeah. you know, a lot of that could be our fault on based on how we're targeting our, our content or what we're doing. But it just goes to show you there's a, there's a huge open market uh, mm -hmm. because we are filling up. I mean, we, we're busy, We you know, during our peak season. I mean, we're doing, you know, over a thousand people a week in 25 hours that are driving mm -hmm. to Elkville. Um, you know, and most, uh, probably 20 to 25% of those people that come are with like over 90 miles away. Mm. So, I mean, we're bringing, you know, just like the wineries. I mean, you, you guys know what the wineries do. Um, you know, 20 years ago, bed and breakfast. I mean, what was that? Airbnbs, restaurants. I mean, everything down there is fueled by the wineries. And just like that, I mean, if you go from us all the way to St. Louis, Every one of these small towns, Murfreesboro's got three, Carbondale, one, Ducoin, Sparta, Waterloo's got two, you know, all the way from St. Louis, every town has, has a brewery, you know, so um, I, I just think it's, it's um, you know, 
when people, uh, just like the wineries, are coming to do the brewery thing, uh, it's kind of an underestimated you know, thing that, like, how many people from these cities will come here to do the breweries, you know? So, um, when people are on site, the beverages are draft, and I uh, want to compliment you on some gorgeous, gorgeous labeling on your cans. Can you tell us about how the canning happened and how that might be a way for you to get exposure beyond and outside of your property? Yeah, it, it's been a huge part of what we what we do at the brewery. Um, the, the big part that jumped us into packaging, um, just like every business when, you know, COVID came, it's how can you be innovative? How, how, what can you do? And it was a very scary thing. So I spent all my time just keeping the business rolling. You know, I, I knew at one time we would push to the cans, but I really didn't have the opportunity or the time because we were busy doing other things. So it kind of pushed me uh, when I didn't have 300 person, 1,000 people a week events. I, I put all my time into that aspect of the business. You know, we purchased the canning line. Uh, we started selling retail, COVID outside. People would, uh, you know, come and order food and package and we started moving product. But it was one of our only resources uh, for income, you know, was the cans. So, and, and again, um, you know, that led into COVID, uh, you know, you know, came to it, not, not necessarily an end, but uh, the way that we would do business, you know, kind of went back to normal a little bit. And then, you know, we had this platform to build on. So, uh, you know, I partnered with a, a local distributor. Uh, we started kind of pushing the cans everywhere. And just like the brewery, uh, you know, it was kind of a dream of mine. It, 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 I think all these aspects of the business are just a dream that, that, that you want to implement somehow. So it's like, I got the brewery gun coming. And then I think the next thing is just like, all right, now I want to go to a retail store and I want to buy my beer. Or I want to go to a restaurant and I want to drink my beer. So that really kind of turned into another dream of the, of the business. So, so just like any dream, a dream could be a dream or what do you, the plan to action to make that happen. So, you know, I, I kind of just worked my butt off, worked our tail off, um, you know, within six months. I mean, I think we had 100, 150 accounts from, you know, Champaign, Springfield, all the way down here. Um, it, you know, and it's been a cool thing. Um, again, we, you know, Quattro is a local business. We do their house beer. Uh, a ton of local business, we do house, house beers for them as well. Uh, but again, uh, there's a lot of breweries failing be because of that, okay? Like when you think of packaging and then you partner with a distributor and then you got a retailer, you know, the distributor gets 30%, the retailer gets 30%, your margins are small. So, um, you know, again, it was my time. It's one thing that I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, our, our real thing is doing events, the community stuff, getting in with the people and, and selling what we have to offer in-house. Uh, I don't have uh, a lot of employees or, or the bankroll to have people on the ground uh, in Springfield or Champaign. You know, I, I don't have that. I can't control my brand up there. Uh, so it's a hard thing. You know, there's, there's money to be made. Uh, but if uh, your rep doesn't know your business and you go out of stock or whatever, it, you know, it can hurt your brand as well. So um, here I'm, I'm really wanting to focus on what we do here, local accounts, how we can team up with, with local businesses. Uh, last year we did, um, you know, a beer for the DuCoin State mm -hmm. Fair. Beautiful uh, label. It was, it was great. It was a really cool thing. Uh, we partnered with them. Uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunity like that to build on the packaging, uh, to kind of control what we do and customize it to local businesses and, and really try to make a difference here 
because I feel like that's sustainable. If we're sending three, four, five hundred, you know, a thousand cases up to Springfield, we might do that, and it might happen for a year. But if another brewery comes in or whatever else, I don't think you could count on that. But the 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 local um, you know relationships that you have, those are sustainable. So that I think that's what we're trying to focus on in the retail aspect of it. Well, that leads into an opportunity that I think you have coming up um, more local here in Marion, Illinois. Can you talk? Some people may not know anything about this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, for what, you know, and you can, you can tell I have these dreams and these ideas and all these things, and, which is, is it's a good and bad thing. But, uh, you know, being in Elkville, it, it really has its challenges. I mean, because how do you how do you grow a business and, and it might be distribution it might be all these things um, but then again how efficient is your time like you know if you're putting all this money in the distribution and in effort like how much is that going to net you know so um, i'm in the middle of nowhere uh, so everybody that comes to our place past 30 other places to come to our place so because of that challenge we can't be open for lunch i mean we're only open uh, thursday evening friday evening saturday all day and sunday we close at five so very limited hours but um you know and and because we almost kind of emerged into this destination thing we do have community and we do have people um but it's a different atmosphere at the brewery it's a little bit different than what you would see in the city so because of that and the limitations, I could keep spinning my wheels, spinning my wheels, maybe trying to do bigger and bigger things, but I still can't be open more hours or I can't do these things. So I think I've always wanted to get um, closer to the people. And you know, in my head uh, at the time, the place that made sense was, was Marion. Uh, just like uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, St. Louis is, I mean, it's a beer city. I mean, it's huge. And then when you get to every single little town all the way from, you know, really uh, DuCoin or the Hop to St. Louis, every town has a brewery. A Metropolitan, you know, all, all these places has a brewery. And I always sit here and I look and I'm like, okay, Marion, Carterville, Heron, uh, El Dorado, Harrisburg, 45 minutes from Paducah. And really, uh, people travel a great distance to come to our place Nashville, three hours away, uh, you know, Paducah, you know, 45 minutes away. So, you know, and when I, when I think about purpose and, you know, and, and drive, it's like, you know, I know that I can impact that community. I could give them something that they don't have, something that people can be proud of. I'm by a, a residential population that could, you know, patronize the place uh, consistently. And, uh, you know, that's really what, what made me want to target Marion. And that was probably pre-COVID. Uh, I had probably a couple other things that I was trying to get over this way, and it, it really just didn't quite pan out. And then when the opportunity came, um, you know, uh, presented itself here at, uh, you know, to, to acquire the city, the old city hall building, um, I probably couldn't ask for a better community a better location and better people in Southern Illinois than this opportunity. So just like I've had my challenges, I, I know this will be a challenge, uh, but I, I, you know, we, we've done it before. We look forward to doing it again and bringing something to Marion that, that's special, you know, that they can be a prou proud of, you know. We're not just a bar, you know, it's, we, we have families that come in, um, you know, for thousands of years, people get together over a beer. Uh, they mourn over a beer. Uh, 
you know, and, and you know, what we do, we close early. We've, we've never had really problems there. It's, it's kind of a different atmosphere. Uh, so I really want to bring that sense of community to Marion. Uh, you know, we'll have, um, you know, a full restaurant, um, a full production brewery, a live sound venue, which is really important to me. And, um, you know, I look forward to the next kind of chapter. So talk a little bit about, you mentioned uh, in your discussions with Marion and coming to Marion, how you couldn't have asked for a better community and better people. Um, talk a little bit about what that means. Like for other communities across the country that are looking to attract businesses like yours or expand from maybe a neighboring community uh, or something that's already really successful in their region, what makes that community, that that friendly place that you say, yes, this is where I want to be. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think they get it. You know, I, I think, you know, just uh, the partnerships and investing in these small businesses. I mean, that's, that's what make these, these towns grow. That's what attracts people from other towns. And what I think is cool is like, you can't be, you know, if, if we go in here, you know, or, or when we go in there, I mean, you, you got the Civic Center, you got John Brown's, you got Little Nashville, you got a lot of similar situations, but you have that in every city. Uh, you know, you have a bakery, you, you know, you, you have the coffee shop. Uh, so it's just, there's so much going on down here that's great. But what happens is, you know, all these businesses, they push each other. Just like when I talk about, I go to a place, maybe I'm not as good as what I thought I was. So to be successful in business, you know, in the cities, you, you have to be at a level because there's 10 other cities or 10 other uh, restaurants on the same block. So I think it's really cool to the commun community to not be scared of somebody that's coming in. They're not a competitor. You know, it's how do we work together to up everybody's bar because then we're really going to get some people to come here. You know, I, I think, you know, with, with the square and, and what they're doing around here, it's like, you know, if you got two or three businesses, great. You got something. But if you got 20, you really got something. Uh, so, so that's really cool to just to, to see the, the business aspect of it and, and, uh, and what's going on in, in the, the city and the people embracing that. Great. So I'm listening to you, and I just hear so much of... Uh, Mayor Absher's abundance mindset that that we're there's enough to go around that the rising tide lifts all the boats um, how do you get to that place and or what advice do you give to an entrepreneur who you know they kind of want to do it but I mean you made a pretty big leap I mean just your 600 sheets of drywall alone is a staggering so how, how do you motivate yeah, how do you inspire? I would say the 600 sheets of drywall was the easiest thing I did. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it really, I, I mean, I, you know, from being in that for my whole life, I mean, my, my parents, every, I mean, everybody was hard workers. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're, you know, and you got to be fueled by something and you can't be scared to fail. I mean, like, 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 you know, I heard earlier, you're, you know, who knows what they're going to do in 20, 20 years old. That was a part of my journey. That was a part of, you know, that led me to live in my dream every day. I, I love what I do. And the passion is what fuels me. I have a purpose, you know, and I can share that with a lot of people. It's very rewarding to me. So, you know, to a young entrepreneur or anybody, like, my advice would be, like, find the thing that, that your passion. And, and I think a lot of people at 18, 19, 20, year, 20 years old, I, I don't think necessarily they might not have it. They might have one passion, but it not, might not be what really drives them. 
But I think, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you better know your stuff at what you do and you better be prepared to work. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, um, I'm gonna retire and get a food truck, or I'm gonna do this or that. It, it's, this industry is, is, is a very, very hard industry. And um, you know anything you do, I, I don't care if you sell t-shirts, coffee, or sell beer, uh, it, it's hard. And, and you're gonna have to learn a lot, and you better be dedicated to do that. And if you do, you have your chance to live your dream, you know? Do you have partners for the Marion Project? Uh, so right now it's me and then uh, Dave Dave Finley. So um, I don't know if anybody knows Dave, but uh, you know I was a fan of Dave. So again, dream thing. You know I'm, I'm sitting up and uh, me and my wife we would always uh, watch The Voice. And one day I'm watching this guy. I'm like, man, this guy is he's great. Like I you know I got chills. You know like crazy. So then again, like during like COVID, like I, I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm not like, I'm trying to figure out things to do. So I'm like, I'm messaging anybody and everybody. I'm like, Dave Finley, I really like that guy. Maybe I'll message him, maybe, you know. <laughs> so anyway, well, I, like I contacted you. <laughs> 100%. So I messaged Dave, I talked to his management. Uh, you know, we, we get a date and we get a contract together. And I'm kind of like, this is cool. This is going to happen. I never really thought that we'd be having some nationally touring uh, bands, which we do almost weekly now. You know, but Dave was a big start of, of that happening after COVID. So anyway, Dave comes, and um, me and Dave, and we're packed. We have a really good uh, you know, show. Dave loves it. He loves the people here. And... Uh, and we hung out, you know, a friendship started, you know, with, with Dave and his wife. The very first time I ever met him, uh, I think he found out maybe a couple weeks before that, uh, his wife was going to have a baby. Uh, so it was all this new kind of going on and this new relationship. Uh, and it was really cool. So Dave, since that time, you know, Dave played at our place three or four times. And every time we would talk, Dave would be like, hey, if you're doing anything, like let me, let me, let me know. Like I would love to be involved in what, what you got going. Um, so again, this opportunity came. I reached out to Dave. Uh, at the time, there was maybe a couple other things I was working with Dave on, but I was like, this is probably the one that, that we would want to do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Dave came down, we checked out the area, I kind of let him know uh, our thoughts and what we could do. And, and Dave was like, I'm in, man, I, I love it. Uh, with, uh, you know, the Civic Center uh, over here, I think Dave played maybe three or four times before he played at our place and I think because of, of being here he he had a really good idea of the people of the community in the area so so it was really cool he was really excited still very excited I, I talked to him maybe an hour on the phone yesterday so Dave will be involved uh, you know I, I don't know exactly uh, but it might be some of the marketing it might be with some of the music um, and we will definitely have music but but Dave uh, Finley is me and Dave are the two people that are that will be doing this project. Excellent. Does the project have a name yet? I, I, yeah, I can't really quite release oh. any of that yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. That'll be an announcement. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, trademarking and everything right yeah. now, there's a lot, um, you know, especially in the beer game. I mean, there's 6,000 breweries, you know, in the United States, and there's about one million names so there's there's always a lot of issues based on that so trademarking is really important we got a couple things that 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 i think will stick uh but we're trying to do our due diligence to make sure that everything is good before we release the name I understand 
So for that person that's listening to you and whether they're working construction or whatever they're doing and they're driving by their proverbial building every day, whatever that means for them, whatever that passion is for them and that dream, it sounds to me like um, kind of the saying that comes to mind and is fitting based on your recording is don't die with the music left in you, right? So you're, it, it's about taking action and moving forward on those dreams to make them happen. So as those people are passing by that building in their mind or whatever it might be for them, what is that next step for them? Like how, how scary yeah. was that to take that action and go from driving by the building to now you're talking about trademarks and business expansion and all of those things? A hundred percent. You know, it, it's very, very scary. And when you don't come from, you know, money and, you know, and things can't fail. If, if I fail, they take my house, you know, type of situation. It's another level, you know, it's not just, you know, another investment that I don't, I have 10 going. It's like, this is what you're betting your life on, you know? So, um, you know, be, because of that, you know, it just, um, it was like, it, it drove a, a, a different part of me that, that, you know, it just, it, it couldn't, it couldn't fail. I, I would say the biggest thing is to somebody that does have the dream, it, it's being very realistic. Uh, to what you are capable of doing. I think a dream is a dream, but you better, you know, I, I hear so many times on this, this panel today, you better be organized, you better be efficient, you better have everything laid out and no stone unturned. Like if you think you know it, you probably still don't. Like do your due diligence, know what you're getting into and you better know that business inside and out because you're still gonna learn. I, I dedicate everything that I got into the, to the business of what I do now and I'm learning every every day, you know. So I would just say, you know, don't be scared to make the plunge, uh, but but get ready to work. And and anything is possible, you know. It's just being realistic with the game plan. And maybe it is. Maybe it's not having, you know, all these things at one time. And you know, so many times it's like the five-year plan or whatever else. What do you want to do first? You know, do do that thing and do it really well. Get confidence in what you're doing, but don't spread yourself too thin. And and have a, a three-year, a five-year, a ten-year growth plan, and realistically put it on paper of how you're going to get there, and what resources and what you really need to do to do that and scale that dream. Yeah, you've yeah. mentioned the Small Business Development Center at SIU. Yeah. What other tools and resources have you used and are really valuable in your business now? You know, it was it was really uh, cool at the the very beginning. Um, uh, you know, to to utilize the SBDC. Uh, just, just even helping to put a business plan together. I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of that, and I really didn't even know what I was talking about. Uh, you know, it's like construction worker, no, no restaurant experience, all these things. So, and they I look, do it all at no cost, which is even better. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think, I think the cool thing is, is that's a resource. Um, but it's 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 crazy, uh, you know. Just all the resources that are here. I've been so locked into the business in the day to day operations. I've I've finally started to to be able to go outside. Um, you know, I think a month ago we we joined the Carbondale Chamber and you know all these things. Uh, so doing things like you know the podcast today is huge because of 
using all these other entrepreneurs, all these other business owners, uh, you know, I talked to a lawyer today, I talked to, you know, all these different things, they're all resources. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to see everybody succeed. Uh, so I think it's the network aspect. You know, I was talking to Luke, uh, you know, earlier because, you know, I, I, I have a little bit of the same background, but, you know, 20 years ago, what he's doing now is not a, not even a job. Yeah. Like, what was a podcast? So <laughs> it's so cool that all these resources are here. You know, before, you know, I know you guys have been doing it for two years, but the knowledge, if you really want to learn, it's, it's out there. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, you had to have a mentor. You had to have people to show you the ropes. Uh, but the knowledge that was, you know, uh, given today is huge. Anybody can listen. You know, all it is is your time. And people like myself and, and, and all the other people that's been on your podcast learning from their experience. I mean, that, that's a humongous resource. So I say just getting to the community. I mean, we do a Jackson County CEO program where we teach the kids, you know, how, I mean, they did a murder mystery. I teach them, you know, how to run an event, how to do all these things. I speak with them. We mentor them. Uh, but that's getting out in your community and, and doing these things. So um, that, that's, that's kind of what I think is utilizing the resources and talk to the people that are willing to talk to you because most of the people here are willing to talk to you. That's great. Thanks for mentioning the podcast and how helpful it is. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking it's That's like great. the perfect segue because you mentioned resources, you mentioned planning, and I think sometimes the value in planning, some of it is just getting it out of your head so you have time to make room for new ideas. Mm -hmm. And then you just started to touch a little bit on people. So who are your people? Who's your cheerleaders? Who's your mentor? Gotcha. Like yeah, I, I, it's, it's a really cool thing. I just, uh, you know, I have uh, my wife, Chelsea, is my number one. I, I, I talk about how hard this is and, you know, how much I do. But it's, it's kind of crazy because whatever I'm working and whatever I'm doing, I look over and She's outworking me or she's doing this. Uh, you know, in the business, uh, you know, we didn't know um, uh, payroll taxes. We, we didn't know the TTB paperwork to, to do with the breweries. We had to learn everything. So Chelsea does, you know, a ton of the administrative work uh, behind the scenes. I mean, we, we answer emails. We do catering. Um, you know, Chelsea bartends. She could run sound. She could brew a beer. <laughs> she could run every single thing in our kitchen she can do. And we both do that together. You know, I think in the last six years, me and her together uh, have pulled 60,000 pounds of pork. Uh, so if that's not your cheerleader, I don't know what is. You know, it's kind of crazy. It's my thing. And she's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. And the days that I feel kind of drained and, and, you know, I look over and, and she's going and that's kind of my motivation, you know. So her, my, my parents, you know, when I'm this 18, 19-year-old kid and I'm like, out of a factory and I'm, I, I, you know, I, I quit school and I quit a factory job and I want to go to a school that teaches recording. Like my parents don't know nothing about that, uh, but they supported me and still to this day they, they support me. So uh, I, I think, you know, I had a lot of, have a lot of good people in my life and we invest that back into the brewery. If, if, you, if you guys have ever been to the brewery, um, I mean, everybody from our kitchen staff to upfront customer services is, is everything. How I live my life 
is trying to align my dream with somebody else's, whether it might be a pleasant work environment, uh, you know, or, or the brewer. Like, how can I help them with their quality of life? How, how can I get them excited about coming to work? So we got a lot of really, really good people. I, I love going uh, to my job every day. I love to hear about people's two days off, three days off. And, uh, and that's how we hire and that's how we grow. It's, it's really uh, investing in people. So I don't know, I kind of went off on one no, on that, no, but that's, that's kind of. Uh, you've been a great, a great guest for us, Chris. And if you would, we'll take some questions. If anybody has questions or comments from the foundation room, our live audience. We have uh, Josh Benson, who you've mentioned the Civic Center. So yes. Josh is executive director of the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. So Jennifer mentioned the labels on the beer and how important those labels are, how impressive those labels are. Can you talk us kind of through from beer to art concept to full label execution, how that artwork is developed? Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, it, the industry that I'm in, there's no rules. I, I mean, I talk about the people. I'll tell you one little story, and I'll try to keep it, you know, quick. So, like, uh, one of my favorite employees, my kitchen worker, he's, he's been with me since high school, you know. So, me and the brewer, again, it's, it's where we got this new beer, uh, Kentucky Common. We don't know what we're going to name it. We don't, and, and I'm just, I'm having this conversation, and that's how it happens. It's like, okay, let's come up with a name, a concept, what's going to be on it. So he's like, maybe a horse or maybe this. And I'm like, you know, Kentucky Common. It's, it's, it's actually a style of beer. So then uh, my employee walks in. And, you know, I won't, won't say his name because I don't want to put him out there like that. But I was like, hey, you know, you, you're kind of small. And, like, I'm going to put you on a horse, like being a jockey. And uh, he's almost to the kitchen at that time. And he's like, sure, whatever. So then I follow up with the brewer. I'm like, yeah, we're going to put him on a horse and we're going to embrace that. We're going to put him because he's he's kind of the ambassador uh, to like a good day every day. Like he's one of my favorite people just because he is happy every day. But uh, but anyway, that was the little concept. And two weeks later, we had a beer that had him on riding a horse. And, you know, just like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about another one just real quick. Um, me and uh, the brewer, it, it was a peach sour that we made. We're sitting down for a week. Uh, and, you know, we, we know that we got to come up with a name. I mean, distribution, we already told them we're going to sell this beer. We don't have a name for it. We don't have a label. So we're like, it's a peach sour. So we're like Nobel Peach Prize. And like, well, I'm going all through my list. And he's going through all my list or his list. And, um, and it's like nothing. We're not sold on anything and then my wife comes up at the time and she's like yeah you should just call it like fuzz kill and uh we're like okay that's the name of the beer and then that 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 name that one little thing what's cool is like okay she left me and the brewer we're talking we're like okay a peach a sword slicing slicing through and then it, it relates to a draft of an email to the graphic design artist okay tony this is a lot this is what we're thinking and then a week later, we have a design. Uh, then we have to get it cleared by uh, the recipe cleared from the federal government and then the state government, and then they kick it back and goes back and forth. So there's a lot of go, a lot to go to getting the label approved to even get it in the stores. Wow. And um, and yeah, that it, it's it's kind of a cool thing. It, it gives us a lot of freedom uh, to put 
really whatever we want on a can. I, I mean, we have a lot. Whatever we want to put on a shirt, uh, that's the cool thing about the craft beer industry is there's, re there's really no rules. So. Okay. Another uh, question? Yeah. Who is the graphic artist who takes it from your concept and your name and your idea for the label into the actual artwork? Who is that artist? Uh, he's, he's a local uh, friend. His name is Tony. Uh, he's been with us for probably... Uh, I don't know, probably four or five years. He, he designed our original logo uh, and still doing work for us today. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been a really cool thing. And I, I work with a lot of people in this industry and I send off a lot of emails and it might be a day, three days, five days. Sooner or later, you, you start to do business with people that are, um, what's the right word, like just um, on top of their, their crap. So I send that email, I got an email back. It, it might be like, hey, I got two ball games, I got this and that, I'll work on it this week. But usually, pretty fast, uh, those ideas come, come to light. Tom Harness. Chris, uh, you really put a lot into your, your original location How much of that is going to be here in Marion? Is it going to be a different experience? Are you going to try to just expand that experience? What's that going to be like for the person coming in today? I love that question. It's really cool because uh, we have to try really hard at what we do because we are in the middle of nowhere. We're not convenient for anybody to get to. Because of that, I mean, we have to do. We we have to earn business. Uh, we we have to. You know, the patrons that come in, um, they have to have some type of an experience. So because because we do food, we do beer, we do live music. All of those things have to be done at a really high level to ensure that people are gonna consistently drive 45 minutes an hour to keep you know coming back to our business. So it's made us work really hard at our food, our beer, and our, and our music. So uh, we've streamlined a lot of that. We're still growing and we're still doing uh, different things at where we're at. Uh, but I think it's, it's, you know, again, it's appreciated where we're at, uh, but it would be nice to, to be able to do a very similar thing. So where, where we're at here, I, I think we'll, the same values and, and a lot of the stuff we do, we'll invest in people. Um, you know, we will have a commercial kitchen. We, we will have a brewery. Uh, we will have live sound. I mean, we'll have all of those aspects w within the business. And, uh, you know, and, and we're going to try to build a place that people are proud of. I mean, that's that's my biggest goal, you know, is is when people come to that environment, you gotta make people feel comfortable or like they wanna be there. And because we're so remote, a lot of the things that were there, a lot of patrons are there from like 5.30, like, you know, some nights it's big, like if you're not there by 5.30, you won't, you won't get a seat. So people will come for dinner and then they'll stay for the show. So our average, you know, time might be three or four hours. Uh, and I think the business will be a little bit different here because it, you do have a lot more going on. So maybe our turnaround rate is like an hour, right? You know, maybe it's an hour and a half. So I, I think there's so much to look forward to of how these businesses are going to be different. But I think we're going to try to bring a lot of the same aspects of what we do over there and, and try to figure out how we can grow and, and do those things better in, in this area. Well, Chris Harris, thank you for joining us today on this episode. Chris Harris, owner-operator of Route 51 Brewery and Banquet Center in Elkville, Illinois. 
thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it's that. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks to our small town big business community uh, for joining us on these podcasts. Our live community, live audience is here. <laughs> Here at the Foundation Room on the Square. Again, we're thankful for Jeff Marin opening this space. If you've not been to Granny Puckett's Cupcakes or to the Foundation Room, this is a beautiful uh, event center, very unique. Uh, please call Granny Puckett's if you have a use for a very small but very intimate and very beautiful historic building. Uh, it's a wonderful place to have a party. And so, again, thank you to Jeff Mayer. Thank you to Tammy Chandler, owner and operator of Granny Puckett's Cupcakes and Cafe here on Tower Square Plaza. Thank you again to our sponsors uh, of Small Town Big Business, includes Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond, Harley-Davidson, and RV, the Fowler Heating and Cooling Company, Swinford Media Corporation, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course, Union Street Arts. A big shout out again to Luke O'Neill, our producer of this podcast and other podcasts, and you can find Luke O'Neill at Union Street Arts. And so a big thank you to Chris for being our guest and for Chris and Dave for believing in the city of Marion and bringing their second location here. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. That can happen on your favorite platform. It can happen on YouTube. And again, please encourage you if you haven't to go back and listen to the prior episodes. I'm Jennifer Olson, and I am business development for the city of Marion. And I will just echo what Russ and Jennifer said. Thank you so much, Chris, for being here. I was inspired by your story today, and I know we bounced around several names for today, and yours rose to the top, and I think you were just the perfect guest for today. So thanks for joining us. Um, again, I'm Deb Barnett. Southern Illinois Now. You can find us at southerneillinoisnow.org or on any of the social media platforms. And I'm Russ Williams. I'm director of Ethos. We're a small business incubator, co-working spaces, also training and development here in downtown Marion, Illinois. Again, thank you for joining us.